The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. The Funnel Cake Gang. Welcome to Funnel Cake Gang. Here's Chris Meineke. Uh, you know, it just, uh, well, you know, that, that's a fucking grease fire that'll never be put out. Hey, if I'm eating funnel cake, you know I'm having fun. The Nighthawk. Yeah, no, it's a tall, strapping, good-looking naval, uh, naval legal lieutenant. Like, oh, that's, he shows the same bravery in the courtroom as he did in disguise. I'm the Nighthawk, and I'm not wearing any pants. David Kozowski. Holy shit, who the hell is that? I don't like people looking at me. I don't like people talking to me. So I provide the same respect. I never look at people. I never talk to people. Grown men trolling the internet. Every one of you sucks. Looking like a jackass. Woo. Matt Casista. Looks like they have no fucking idea, like, interest in it at all. Are you crazy? Those guys are retards. You like doggy? They brought their fucking toys with them. The Funnel Cake Gang. That show fucking sucks, by the way. That show sucks. I was really into it like two years ago, and then like after about six oh, months, I'm like, so oh, it's so fucking bad. It's like all of these are the same. Oh, if, you know what it is? It's your dad's favorite show. Even if it is your dad's favorite show, fuck it, we're here. Have we won any awards for greatest intro? Uh, I we? think we should. I think we should. I think we should have at least a dozen for greatest intro to any show. Um, that's the. Uh, that's officially the third one. Um, I mean, there there were some other, you know, interim ones before we really got where we needed to be. Yeah, um, now I need to record some shit for it. Right. Yeah. So well, don't don't flip me off, man. You're the one that's not here. Right. <laughs> don't even start. You need with to me, find man. ways to get my voice, asshole. <laughs> Yeah, like like it's up to me all of a sudden. You're not here, but it's my it's my fucking problem. This is America. We blame people. Yeah, no. Trust me, I get that. <laughs> I'm Chris Meineke. Over at third base is Matthew Casista this evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, and then, of course, uh, one of the original members here of the gang, who every time he hears that he is not in the opening <laughs> intro... Thinks that he's been slighted somehow, even though this is only his like third show in the last what eighteen months. But at the uh, end t- of the 24. day, at the end of the day, the original six are still the original six, no matter how irrelevant the right. bleeps may ever be. Right, exactly. I mean, there, there's always going to be the people that were in it, grounding it. Period. It doesn't. Right, you know, Matt, Matt you're absolutely right. It doesn't the matter. Acid what drip the acid drip blog will never be forgotten. I mean, right, exactly. The uh, the roots of everything won't won't ever go away uh regardless of who's in the opening intro but uh nonetheless uh when you walked in here bad baby the first thing you said to me and maybe i shouldn't say this while we're recording but i'm gonna i'm gonna do it anyway um he's going to do it (laughs) did uh did you see that story about uh about the 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 chick that put the uh the kid in the oven and i went what yeah it was like two days ago that's how I felt tonight. <laughs> like, okay. So I looked it up. Yeah, I had to look it up. <laughs> He's pulling my chain. Uh, no, I no, I believed you. I just I hadn't heard it, so I needed to look it up. And her name is Tasha Hatcher. And we all know by now <laughs> the show doesn't start with sports anyway. So here we go. We're, we're going to talk about Ta- Tasha Hatcher. Look at that. Here. I show up and I give you something. Yeah, well. 
you know, I don't prepare. Fucking A, at least I came with something. Right. I mean, <laughs> I don't prepare. We just roll with this shit. Um, I, I, at first, I was floored to see that it wasn't in Florida, uh, but it looks oh, like yeah. it's in Dallas. Florida. A, uh, a suburb of Dallas, uh, Glen Rose. Um, court documents released on Wednesday detail the evidence against Glen Rose's mother accused of burning her toddler by putting her in an oven. Ah, she was high on meth, according to the sources. According to the affidavit, Tasha Hatcher showed up naked at a neighbor's door with her burned two-year-old daughter. When Somerville County Sheriff's Department arrived, they said Hatcher made sexual advances towards a deputy and performed lewd acts. These are the fucking people that surround us, okay? And Crystal then, meth, ladies and gentlemen. Right, so... um, <laughs> Oh, my God. So that that's one story. Um, where where did it go now? Here, Jeez. yeah. Look at this chick. Yeah, I mean her uh, her mugshot's great. Like it's kind of half meth, half not. Like holy shit, what did I do? But I'm still kind of high. It's like she's only three months into meth, but give it another six, and it'll definitely change the complexion. Oh, totally, totally. She'll be pocked out like like mad. Um, Ugh. but how high do you have to be to put a two year old not not a, not an infant. A two-year-old. A two-year-old has some size to it. Into a fucking oven. My two-year-old's 30 pounds. It's not like oh. you can just, like, like heap it in there. You gotta, like, try. I mean, that's like a fat turkey wrapped in, I don't know, nine layers of bacon. And trying to put it in an oven. There's some girth there when you pick them up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I mean, right? I don't know how she actually got her in there. There must not have been any oven racks or anything. Again, these are the people that fucking surround us, man. I, I just... I I expect things to be fucked up in the world. I really do. It's 2016. All the shit that's happening in Belgium, you know, the shit's never going to stop. But then we get shit like this, you know. Well, apparently that she's not an outstanding citizen. In 2006, it was reported that Hatcher, working as a dancer at the time, uh, left left her son at a 24-hour daycare center for more than 31 hours, and uh-huh. then had picked him up while shit faced. Ah, uh, <laughs> perfect. Outstanding model citizen. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, well, while we're at it. Uh, here's here's a Florida one for you at Palm Coast. Four people were arrested in Palm Coast late Friday following a dispute over some cheesy garlic knots, according to the Flagler County Sheriff's Office. Jessica Conti, 25, Vincent Conti, 23, Sean Cody, 32, and Harim Jones, 26. Now, you look at these names and straight away, this is trash. Mm-hmm. Jessica, Vinny, Sean, and Harim. Uh, they were taken into custody by deputies just before midnight and charged with burglary and criminal mischief. Of course. Employees at the Palm County Pizza told deputies that Jessica Conti became argumentative when she discovered her cheese on her order of garlic knots and she demanded a refund. <laughs> deputies said when an employee compiled, <laughs> complied, <laughs> my God. Conti felt, quote, disrespected by the way the money was put down on the counter, unquote. She became more irate, according to a witness. It was at that time that Conti's accomplices in, in the garlic, in the cheesy garlic knot uh, caper yeah, right. entered the business, witnessed what was happening, and allegedly pushed a register and a fax machine off the counter and onto the floor. Yo, you disrespecting? Don't you disrespect me by putting money on the counter. 
Deputies said the ruckus didn't stop there. They said all four then entered the kitchen, an area closed to customers, no shit, and began throwing pizza boxes and food everywhere. According to the arrest report, a glass of Parmesan cheese was thrown at a television in the lobby, resulting in damage. Man, fuck this TV. (laughs) The four left the pizza shop were later and they were later located and arrested without incident. Uh, she and her friends had the opportunity to spend some time in our version of adult timeout, according to Jim uh, Troiano of the Flagler County Sheriff's Office. You know what's funny about that is my wife and I have, have used the term hangry for a long time. Uh-huh. Hungry slash angry. You know, yeah. and it's very oh, yeah. real. It happens. Oh, it's, I get it's real. It's real. You know, Absolutely. Did you witness the picture I put up probably a couple months ago where I was literally in the Little Caesars and someone picked up the chair and threw it through the glass window behind me? <laughs> Because, I, I vaguely you, remember because that. Because he yeah. had to wait too long for his cheesy bread. I mean... Man, fuck this place! Picks up the chair and puts it through the window. I watched it happen, then he ran away. The, these are the people that surround us. Yes. Good God. To which my reply was, I'll have his order of cheesy bread. Right. <laughs> I'll take his. He already paid for it, I'll, right? I'll jump up in line. He had already paid for it, right? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Oh... <sighs> Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, we, we could go on and on with this shit over and over again. It's also going to find the fucked up Craigslist shit, which is gold, by the way. Yeah. We should probably bring that back at some point. <sighs> Son in the oven. <laughs> it was a it was a daughter, though. You know, but somebody spoofing bun in the oven. Son in the oven. Didn't take long, did it? Didn't take long. Um, too soon? Too soon? No, not according to the meth heads in uh, in the Dallas area. Uh, so I guess uh, some of the things we'll talk about tonight. Baseball is about 10 days away. So even though we do the uh, designated for assignment podcast, and that's all baseball, we'll talk some baseball tonight. NFL did some new rules in. It just dumb. We we might as well start there. It just yeah. I'm having a hard time with this because it, it's not that they make new rules. It's that it seems like they're really straining for some of these. Mm-hmm. They were. I, I know that both of you watch a lot of NFL football, as do I. Whenever there's a game on, you're watching. It doesn't it. matter who it is. Uh, it, it seemed to be that there were more guys that ran kickoffs out of the end zone, right? right. Because they were just tired of fucking downing it constantly, right? right? That's fucking boring. Well, it just and at the beginning sometimes it's just a momentum swing. Sure, and well, you know, let's see if I can let's see if I can get to the thirty-five. And yeah. fine, fine, right on, right? Okay, uh, that, the that's the way the game was invented. Now. I understand you're trying to cut down on injuries. You were talking about getting rid of the kickoff altogether, right. which at this point, you, might, you as well. might as well. You just did, arguably. Right. This is so stupid. Like, well, there were too many injuries last year, so we have to move it up to the 25. Shut the fuck up. You know, that's just stop you bring that kicking up. the ball off. Yeah, then. right. I mean, just, it'd be like, enough. Uh, like college football playoff. All right, you get it at the 20. Yeah. I mean, you then, scored. Then you just get it make 20. it 20. The the biggest problem I have with this, and I know that they're trying to to curb injuries, and I know that it's a big deal, and that's the easiest place to do it because you're not going to change anything wholeheartedly 
just on offense, defense, whatever. You're going to try to do it on special teams where it doesn't look like it's that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But that's not how the game was invented. That's the problem I have with this. And that's why I I still believe 10 to 15 years from now, this is just going to be fucking flag football. And you're not even going to bother to wear a helmet because you're not going to not going to be able to touch anybody. You're not going to be able to tackle anybody. You know, and I'm all for guys not getting injured and having career-ending injuries and dying when they're 45. And I get that, but it's like in baseball. This is also them making a choice, though. Too, they don't they don't have to play football. They don't absolutely, have to play baseball. And, and, they don't have to play hockey. Chris, Chris Conti said it best a couple of years ago. The the safety for the Bears at the time. He's like, I, I know I'm going to die young, but I'm doing it to play the game that I love. Now, that's not everybody's right perspective he gets it but it's like it's like having to protect everybody in society you know i, I know the the Coddle. nfl right the nfl gets a black eye because all these guys are dying from ct and you have uh, jerry jones today saying that it's a that it's absurd you're absurd sir of course guys are getting hit in the head and they have fucking ct from football no one is debating that we all know that but when you're changing the game from the way that it was invented over and over and over again, I don't I don't like that. And I'm not saying that guy should get hit in the head, but it's like, well, we're going to take out second base and you're just going to run from first to third. <laughs> what? It'll be less running in the long run. Well, because then guys won't get run into at second right. base. What? That's not the game then. Mm-hmm. Your logic you, is you've flawed, completely sir. changed the game. Well, we're not going to do free throws anymore because it's too slow. Because they don't fucking make them anyway. Well, they don't make them. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. But Free? Nothing's free about this. i got to work hard at these. You're, you're just changing the game. That, that was the whole point to the game. You kick off to have another series of trying to attack down the field. So I propose do this for now. And then when more and more people continue to get hurt and whatever, and you still have to cry in your fucking soup, then you can take the helmets off these guys. You can take the pads off these guys. You can put a bunch of ads on the jerseys and shit, and then just put two flags in their shorts, big red ones, and then once you grab them both, he's fucking down. And just make this fucking middle school. Because that's exactly what we're going for. I said this back in 2010, 2011, when we were writing about this shit, I said it on the show a hundred times. You can't keep changing the game from the original way that it was set up to be and expect it to still be the same game. Right. It's not going to be. You know, they, and the NBA didn't have a three point line until what, 1984, 1985. And that, that kind of blew my mind when I realized that it, it hadn't been that long since the three point line came into existence. And now what are we seeing? Steph Curry. Yeah. Jack and threes. Clay Thompson. Puts down 10 a game. Right. The Warriors. And they're just running through the league because they don't miss them ever. Mm-hmm. They never miss threes. And that's the biggest part of their game. So that changed the game, obviously. Um, but at least it's still a shot. Right. You know, it's not like they just invented the jump shot in 1984 <laughs> yeah. for fucking yeah. basketball and they went, "Oh my god, we completely changed the game from the way it was invented." No more layups and jams. I you know, I, sure, it changed the way you know, that Wilt Chamberlain and Moses Malone and all those guys played the game because they dominated in that era before the three-point line came into existence in the NBA. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then you saw Larry Bird take over and, and pick become and roll that became guy. pick and pop pick, really fast. Right, exactly. And you know, that that I understand. That's a different part of it. But at some point in the future, the line is going to get moved back, or you're going to have two of them, and one of them is going to be a four-point line because the athletes keep getting better. That that's fine. the The, the extra point is at the 15 yard line. They made that permanent after experimenting with it in 2015. That's permanent now, sure, because it makes it a little more interesting. Guys are never missing. Uh, the kicks anymore because the athletes are so much better now, quote unquote. I, I understand that because there was always an extra point that you could kick. It's not like they just said, Hey, hold on, hold on. You, you said no idea was bad, right? right? At these fucking owner meetings, right? You know, you see this one guy in a suit sitting there with his hand on, uh, up in the air and uh, the elbow on the table, and he says, What if? <laughs> We kicked the ball, and everybody kind of looks at each other and goes, this man's a genius. It's not like they hadn't been kicking the fucking ball before. It's not like they weren't kicking the ball for extra points. They're just changing it a little bit. But if you don't have a fucking kickoff and you're just kicking it into the stands every time, Mm -hmm. what is the point? Just end that shit. And how many, like, countless players are now affected because of this? I mean, there's... Like there's players like Devin Hester who's that that was their career. They they could never pan out as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. It was strictly the kick return. He was, so he now, was like a, a wide receiver four. Right, right. So now if it's not worth his time to take it out because he can only get to where it would end up anyways. Well, and do you think that Cause if you're I'm a coach, why would I even tell you to even try? Even if it's like a right. terrible kick and it makes it to the five, your best odds is to make it to the twenty five now. Right. Just go down. Absolutely. Let that ball bounce out of bounds. Maybe if you're lucky, it goes in the wrong direction. You start at the 40. Well, right. And, and that's do the you, only thing. The, the thing that's is, if it's a really shitty fucking kick. Right. But yeah. I mean, like, I, your, your coach, is, in your coach has weather. no reason to tell you. Because, I mean, like you said, they're bombing touchbacks at will anyways. Right. Like, yeah. So it, most of the time it comes out to the 20. But re, every once in a while, like, like I said, a momentum boost, you got to take your chances and run that out. But how... What is I? I mean, someone would have to look up what's the average kick return yard. Like, what yard line do they start at, or whatever, for the top guys? I'm guessing it can't be farther than the 26, 27. You know what the for some of like the like the Pro Bowl return kick returners. Yeah, you know right. other thing too that comes up to this like so you know all these let's say when people do run out the ball and all of a sudden like oh shit they only got to the ten well that's ninety yards to make it down the field your right. offensive stats are going to weigh down your defensive stats are going to look a lot better so there's going to be a mm-hmm. big dynamics change mm-hmm. especially for like people that. Um, you know, like, like let's say the sports books and betting and stuff, those are going to change lines and stuff too. If you really delve deep into it and you really look at it, there's going to be more more or less effort. Well, they only got to go 75 yards now versus maybe 90 when they don't right. get out past the 10. Yeah, well, there, there's so many, like you said, there's so many different dynamics to all of it because to me, and this would be the question that I would pose to both of you, is if you have guys that are specialists on your team, because most of the time you don't see big time guys being kick returners or punt returners. It happens every so often. Antonio Brown is one hurt. of them. You know, Randall Cobb with the Packers for the first mm-hmm. year and a half, maybe two years that he was in the league. Um, definitely the first year he was he was the punt returner. You see him back there every once in a while, but yeah, they don't want him to get hurt, so you don't see those guys. So a lot of those guys are specialty guys, or they're the third or fourth corner that's returning punts or whatever because they don't put a lot of stock into that. 
how much of this is down is the league not taking away kickoffs completely about saving jobs? I think it's killing jobs. No, but I'm but I'm I'm saying that if oh, you don't have right, a right. kickoff at right, all, right, right, right. then they're going, Well, why the hell would we carry a third running back? Right. That's I, what, I'm gonna carry another linebacker just, for a bigger body. And yeah, you're right. thinking on the return itself. There's people who make careers being legendary like gunners and like right. special teams tackers. Steve like, Tasker. Yeah, there's there's a fourth Billy linebacker Bates. on that team where yeah. he'll never see the field. But there's but he's really yeah, fucking good at that. You always every now and then you see him jumping up because he makes a tackle of the seventeen. He makes his career on it. Why keep that guy on the roster? I mean, you probably don't want to throw out a starter, but you could probably get away with it a little more now. Yeah, you don't need a, a guy who's just really good at tackling to for your special team purposes. He's uh, why bother? And I, I haven't read enough of the uh, the rules change. Um. You know, I didn't right, right, get right. get into to you rule sixty one point seven point three. This is what you know, blah blah blah. I I would like to know how much of that they're basing on just sheer kickoffs or special teams altogether. Because if they're involving that in punts, punts are completely different. So if they're doing this shit with kickoffs, when does it start with punts? Right, because guys get completely fucking lit up punts, on punts. Punts are worse than kickoffs, and that they haven't changed any of that. Nothing at all. You know, they keep changing kickoffs, but they don't do anything about the punts. Because why? That's more exciting. I, I don't. I don't get it. Like you don't get to have it both ways. You you pick one or the other. Either. You don't like that guys are getting so lit up and and injured in your eyes on special teams in general, not just kickoffs, but punts too, whether you're returning them, defending them, whatever, or you just go with it and injuries are part of the game. And again, I'm not trying to be the asshole who says, yeah, fuck it, let these guys get injured. I just want to have fun and watch it. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, but your double standard, Raj, is killing me, and I know it's not him. It's it's the competition committee. It's the um, the general managers, and I think there's two head coaches on. It's that. everybody. It's it's Marv Lewis, and I I think it's Jeff Fisher still who are the two head coaches on on the competition committee, and and it's up to these guys to come up with these rules and these rules changes. But where does it end? Um, one of the other ones is that if you get two. Um, unsportsmanlike conduct fouls in one game you're ejected. Now this one I th- I found was funny because I was listening to somebody on uh, on a local show here the other day when they kind of were first starting to announce these because a lot of times what happens at the owners' meetings they'll announce that well we're probably going to put these seven in but we're looking at these other eight and we'll let you know exactly what they are uh, another day or two from now. Okay, whatever. So one of them was this personal foul one. And then when it came out, guys like Richard Sherman were all like, oh, fuck that, man. You're going to ruin my career. And why can't I voice my opinion? And Shut the fuck up. Don't just be a, not be a fucking douchebag. That would be a good part of it. Also, this individual that was speaking on that radio program said it would have only affected one player in 2015. Brian Arakpo in Week Nine, Redskins versus the Buccaneers. He got two unsportsmanlike conduct fouls. He would have been the only one in that specific rule with the way that it, it's written now, not 
not just personal fouls, but unsportsmanlike mm-hmm. uh, conduct right, right, right. that would have been ejected. One. So why is this such a big deal? OBJ's wasn't? Nope. nope. There it, was, were personal it, was, fouls. it was Yeah, personal fouls. Nope. Brian Arakpo, week nine, in a shitty Redskins-Buccaneers game that no one cared about is the only one that that would have applied to. So why are they even bothering? Because everybody's talking about Odell Beckham. Maybe just, yeah, maybe just to make them mindful of the rule. I mean, what do they care if it's not going to affect them? It, it doesn't affect. It doesn't affect Odell Beckham. It it would not have affected uh, Vontaze Perfect. Right. What, what what's the big deal? But I'm saying maybe if you just put in the like, like you said in Arakbo's case, he would have been the only. If you just have in the back of your mind, yeah, obviously. It, the odds are it gets me getting too unsportsmanlike to get me tossed. But now that there's an official rule, they could always venture further years down the road. So I got to at least be a little more mindful of my actions. Well, and I, I would have to know that if if you were that, a decent fucking so human because, being, you wouldn't have now, worried about anything. But I'm saying like, so now OBJ is not going to get as much pushing. Technically, he had personal fouls. But suddenly, now that there's a rule too unsportsmanlike, suddenly maybe one of those becomes unsportsmanlike and changes the dimensions. And I get what you're saying, but... Does that mean that the refs are going to change the way that they call it too? That's what I'm saying. I think it might because now that, that's now what I have to know. Now they won't be as lenient with personal fouls. They'll be like dab the line a little more. Because then, well, then you have to say that you're changing. Like, you're changing the rule a lot more than you say you are. You're leading then. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we know that in uh, in camp every year, the refs come around and explain rules changes to every team. You know, they go up to their camps no matter where they are and they walk through it for a day or two and say, you know, this they, they walk out scenarios basically out on the practice field. And they say, OK, if, if this was happening this way, you can't grab this guy here like this anymore. You can't you can't shuck him after 10 yards, but we'll we'll give you a little leeway on that, too, after a step or, you know, they'll explain all this shit. And that's fine. But I need to know if the refs are going to be calling it completely different so they're so that the league is trying to get these guys tossed more because as that guy on the radio said, it doesn't address the exact issue because they want to get the thuggery off the field mm-hmm. when it's only one guy that it would have affected in 2015. So I'm curious to see what happens with that. Um, but truthfully, I thought it was, you know, naive to think it, but you, you maybe you just associate with basketball all the time. I always just assumed that rule was in place. Until like when I saw that OBJ yeah, you know, game because that's where it's yeah like, I think you do associated with I was with like sitting there with yeah. OBJ I'm like at what point does this man get tossed and then like after right. the fourth one like I forget who was you know announcing the game like you know they should really have something uh otherwise this is just gonna keep happening and they're not playing football you know right what's now. funny about, like there's there isn't a rule for this you know what's funny about that too is like you have to come up to the pro level for that I mean there's there's way less leniency for that in like high school sports or even college. Yeah, college they review why, why, the play. Why and do the pros? Think it's a penalty, the pros should be able to do an yeah. even higher standard. You're now a mature adult playing the game for a salary. Right. This is your job, your career. Unfortunately, it's it has a lot to do with collective bargaining and how you're going to punish people. And it just blows my mind a little bit. I guess is all oh, you know, from a from absolutely a, a decent human being standpoint. Absolutely. You're you're totally right about that. Like if, if you're gonna be a professional, stop running around and trying to hit guys in the head on purpose. You know. N- not only is that making you look like a fuck, it's also I'm laugh my short- ass off when you're the one that ends up getting hurt. Right. And it ends up potentially shortening both of your careers, you fucking moron. So 
as much as you may not like a guy on the field, unfortunately, even if he plays for a different fucking jersey, he's still your brother because your your collective health on that field as an NFL player is more important than anything else. Because once you start seeing other guys you get bring hurt, warm seats to the fucking stadium to pay your fucking salary. That and, you know, once guys start getting hurt more and more because of your antics, then that's when the flags start hitting the shorts. And they don't bother with fucking helmets anymore. You know, then then the NFL can't sell $275 authentic helmets to fans anymore because they're obsolete because they don't bother with them anymore. You know, like when it gets to be flag football, I'm not going to buy two flags with Green Bay Packers logos on them and stick them up on the wall. That's that's lame. Why would I do that? I would rather have a helmet. Those look cool. Hey, you remember when they used to wear helmets? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, your kids are going to be teenagers. You're going to be watching a game with Jordan, and you're going to say, hang on, I'm going to pull up a Jags video from from 2014, you know, or I'm going to pull up 2015 and watch Blake Bortles. He's retired now, but you you can watch him, (laughs) you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, look at at those helmets. You know, I liked them back then, but now I look at them, why they're, the fuck? They're why the fuck fucking are helmets. They're fucking ugly. Well, what are those, Dad? Well, they used to have to wear those because they used to hit each other a lot harder. Now they just rip flags off their shorts. Now they're just a bunch of pussies. Yeah, and uh, it is now officially the PFL. Yeah, the Pussy Football League. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was inevitable. It really was because of all the the injuries and the guys dying young and the lawsuits and and the whole bit, but. <sighs> It makes me nuts. And all of these little things, too. The horse collar one is another one. It's not just grabbing the shoulder pads and putting your hand inside of it and dragging a guy down. It's grabbing the nameplate of the jersey. Do we really have to have that specific of a rule? How about if your hand is anywhere near the middle of their back and you pull them down from behind? It's a fucking horse collar. Right. Not well if it's just, if it's just below the nameplate and just left of the second number. Fuck you. Do the dreads count? It's attached yes. to the head. Actually, yes, I think they do. If I remember that correctly from a couple of years ago, just and that, check. And I think that's why you don't see a lot more of that because uh, every time I'm watching a game, who's the who's the Giants receiver with the with the long like fucking predator looking oh, like fuck, down to his um, ass? The receiver. Um, yeah, he had a couple. He, he had a couple decent games last year. You know, skinny guy, yeah. dreads down to his ass. I'm sorry, I Dwayne don't Harris. Dwayne Dwayne Harris. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Every time I watch that guy play, and really anyone else with him, um, I, I the first thing I think of is if I was a defender at any point, oh, yeah. I would I would it's, be ripping those fucking things straight out of their head. All I see is ponytails and dreads. Yeah, and there would be there would be bloody tips on the field everywhere if I was out there because I'd be yanking those fuckers as hard as I could. But I think that's why you don't see it as as much because there's going to be big penalties for it, and I'm I'm guessing you don't want to be the guy that has a reputation for ripping dreads out of a guy's head, you know? Because God knows what they'll do to you in a pile, then you know, continually stomping your nuts or something. So I don't know. Um, or some of the other ones. Those were the ones that I could remember off the top of my head. Um, sorry, I have to pull it up here. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, let's see. In, a, <laughs> in addition, the, the league tabled a proposal from the Baltimore Ravens to expand instant replay to review all but eight specified penalties in the rule book. Th- this is the other problem I have. Like, okay, we have the technology, right? We want to be able to have the game be as accurate as possible. Right. At what cost? Five, six-hour games? I love the NFL, but do you want to sit there f- through six hours for one game? No. Because nope. they're reviewing every fucking penalty? Absolutely not. So, no shit, that was tabled. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Line of scrimmage, blah, blah, blah. Um, the eight penalties that was uh, proposed to not be reviewable by the Ravens Offensive and defensive holding, offensive and defensive pass interference, illegal contact, illegal use of hands, whether a forward passer has been forcibly contacted. I just rolled my eyes. You couldn't see that if you're listening. Uh, Whether a defenseless receiver has been forcibly contacted. I didn't roll my eyes. I just chose to stare at the bad baby on that one. Because I'm rolling my eyes. Whether a kicker has been forcibly contacted. I'm going to go get a drink now. You guys can keep reading this if you want. (laughs) Unsportsmanlike conduct. So, you know, it's like over the last few years, it seems like they've been nitpicking this shit. But then I want to say it was three seasons ago now. They made a rule where running backs specifically couldn't lower their head and spear people a la Marion Barber, right? right? Every game, I see it done at least 10 or 12 times. Oh, for sure. And they never call it. Not once do they call it. Oh, he's going to lower his shoulder and his head. (laughs) And his head, and he's going to spear somebody. And it's constant in every game. You want to talk about head and neck injuries. And they never call it. So that's a rule that's on the books that is literally just bypassed completely. You know, Troy Aikman isn't sitting there going, well, Joe, I really wish they'd call that because yeah. it looks like that's going to be a neck sprain there. But I'm too stupid to fucking realize that. Right. So I want to know how much of this is arbitrary, too. At, at what point do you actually make a rule and then have the refs call it? Be- because you can tell these guys in training camp all you want. You can't lower your head at all anymore to try to hit anybody with the crown of your helmet if you're a running back and they go okay cool and then they try it in week two and they go shit they didn't call that i'm gonna try it again shit they didn't call that i'm gonna try it again shit they didn't call that i'm gonna try it again shit gonna, they didn't call that. i'm gonna do it every fucking play I, i'm just gonna keep doing it now marion barber's career was real short but you yeah. know when he was out there he was big time because mm-hmm. he just lowered his fucking head ap is the same way he doesn't yeah, lower his head hesitant. quite as much but he will run through motherfuckers Dude, and gain another a, half he yard. is a fucking bull yeah and he's made his career on it i i just don't get it um houston texans head coach bill o'brien and arizona cardinals coach bruce arians were among those who expressed concern that players would bait each other into committing penalties to get opponents ejected going back to the unsportsmanlike thing um quote you can cheap shot guys now to get them to retaliate so now i i got one on you in the first half i'm damn sure going to try to get a second one in the second half uh, according to arians truth think guys are that spiteful oh yeah oh yes yeah they are um 
<laughs> Goodell said that it's up to the players to follow the rules. Captain Obvious. Way to go, Raj. You hit one out of the park again. <laughs> Quote, it's all within their control. Sportsmanship is important to the membership. We all have standards. They have two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties before they're ejected. The message from membership and from our clubs and from our coaches is that we're going to be held to those high standards, like you were just talking about, Bad Baby. Man, he sounds like a pure politician. Someone get that guy on a fucking ballot. (sighs) (laughs) Mike McCarthy of the Green Bay Packers does not like it. He expressed his disapproval and said that the league is urging players to not compete. Quote, do you want the kicking game in the game or not in the game? Now, I want to preface this before I go any further in saying that I did not read this story and I did not hear Mike McCarthy say that when we opened the show and I said the exact same thing. I didn't know that Mike McCarthy said that until I just scrolled down and fucking read it. So go figure. Uh, if it's not, You're not the, alone is what this means, right? If it's, if it's not in the game, let's kick it and return it and let's play the play. <laughs> Didn't I just say that? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I just don't like, let's not reward a decision not to compete with five extra yards. Yeah. That's kind of bullshit. If you're going to compete, let's compete. If we're not going to compete, let's not compete. That means just don't kick that, the fucking that, ball. Right, that the means 20. just get rid of the fucking kick right. done. Um, other notable rules and new bylaws approved on Wednesday include a tweak to the injured reserve return designation. Each team can still bring one player off injured reserve per season, but they won't have to designate him at the time of placing him on the injured reserve list. Hmm. Instead, they can be named retroactively if and when they're ready to return to practice. Okay, that's fine. Coaches in the press box, and I did hear this one too. The coaches in the press box were approved to communicate directly with the players on the field via headset. It used to be if you had a coordinator in the booth, he had to shove it down to his assistant on the sideline. The, his, the assistant had to shove it out to the helmet. Now uh, they can do it directly from kind of upstairs down dumb. to the helmet. Thank yeah, God. totally fucking dumb. Yeah. So doing it that way, you'll see a lot more coordinators going back up to the booth. Um, Tuesday, owners approved full elimination of the chop block. And the expansion of the horse collar rule, which I mentioned before, grabbing the nameplate of the back of the jersey. The chop block thing is interesting, considering that there's still a few teams on their offensive lines that they do zone blocking. And that's going to affect them quite a bit. And hopefully, if they if the league really wants to get rid of it completely, they'll actually call it in the beginning of the season. And if they don't want to get rid of it, they got to call it in the preseason first, and, first drive of the first game of the preseason. True. true. Um, but if they don't want to get rid of it, it's more of a wink, wink thing like that fucking crown of the helmet thing with the running backs. Eh, you may not see it all that often anyway, and you might still get some chop blocks. Cause I'm sorry. You can see when a guy lowers his head and tries to use the, the crown of his helmet when he's running through a hole, you can also see when somebody tries to throw a chop block. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's obvious. pretty fucking yeah. blatant. It's obvious. So if they're not calling the the crown of the helmet rule, then maybe they won't call the chop block rule. (sighs) Okay. So there you go. That's uh, 
that's the NFL stuff right there for rules and shit. Um, what else was I going to talk about for the NFL? I'm trying to remember here. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Chip Kelly wants to coach up Colin Kaepernick. That's yeah. a joke. Is that uh, is that a, a little bit of a of an ego move by Chip Kelly to, to mean, say he, he to wants say to that, prove that his coaching is good enough that he can make those players that he, into he, he good can make players. Colin Kaepernick a, a, a again, great player why, again? I, I I keep hearing the talk about talking of Kaepernick and one from the standpoint, and you know, all thirty one other coaches in the league would talk up their new quarterback under any scenario. I mean, Rex Ryan was doing the same shit when he went. So, I mean, I get those moves. Yeah. But yeah. when Chip Kelly first came to Philly, he was very vocal about Michael Vick is not his guy. He wants a quarterback first and not a running back first kind of approach. Right. And now he's trying to sell me on Kaepernick. And granted, Kaepernick's arm is a lot more accurate. And I mean, probably not as strong, but it's still one of the strongest arms in the league. So. He's, I mean, he's another prototype of that dual threat quarterback. So I'm, I was always confused why he's promoting Kaepernick now when he shot Vic down so fast in Philly. I did find it funny that Chip Kelly said a few weeks ago that we're in the bit, and I'm paraphrasing, but we're in the business of acquiring and keeping talent, not getting rid of it. And he was referring to Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I chuckled a little bit at that. <laughs> um. It wasn't more than three days later. It wasn't even 72 hours later that Kaepernick said, I want to be fucking traded immediately. So where's the disconnect? Your coach says that he wants to keep you around. It's an offense that is supposed to be high tempo, which is what you're supposed to be used to. Mm -hmm. And even though he is not an accurate quarterback at all, not, not even in the first sense of it, not even in the second sense of it, maybe the fourth sense of it, he could fit into the system right. somehow, some way. You know, that's funny you guys mentioned that because Cam Newton's not that fucking accurate either. He's getting a little better, well, but they went out and got some big fucking tall right. receivers right. and tight ends because they know that he needs a little bit of extra reach. Right. Yeah. Well, you and, know and what? Right. So be it. Uh, but this past season, Cam was a hell of a lot more he was. accurate than he ever had been. Yeah. But, but you're not wrong on that. Right. And Yeah, that's why they went and got... They drafted Calvin Benjamin and, and Devin Funches and guys like that. Yeah. Uh, that's why tight end. That's why Ted Ginn actually had a an okay yeah. season because he's a tall fucker and he could mm-hmm. jump and get the ball. And that that's good on the Panthers for doing that for that team. Now, the but rece- I mean, Kaepernick had, had rece- games last year where he's like six for fourteen. Like, if it should, it's a yeah. shame that he had fourteen attempts. It's even more of a shame that he was he was around thirty forty percent in these games. Like, right. Well, and that team is just so bad. Gabbard had a higher completion percentage, and that pains me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, make no mistake. I'm yeah, sorry. One more games on paper, but I mean that that that's silver lining to 49ers fans. There, there's no way. Yeah. Gabbard was changing that team around. That they quit. They quit. That was bottom line. Right. Um, uh, well, and the whole Jim Tom Sula thing didn't help yeah. anything there. Um, the, Elden, the Alden Smith thing to begin yeah. the year with him crashing a car, fighting over a, a fucking girl. Yeah. You know, stop your middle school antics, please. Mm-hmm. 
And, and we were all we all knew the the ship was going under. Oh yeah, I mean, well, we 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 saw the signs was, two three years it was, it was ago. Doing this, and also, we just kept. Then they would yeah. have like a media like an eight and eight season or you know nine ten, and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. so they they found a way to overcome them. But we knew, we knew the ship was going to go down, and right. it finally did. Their thirty degree list to port, right? Finally gave in. <laughs> uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens in, in that division, especially because the Cardinals just got Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. That's going to help them on an already really good defense. Um, but Carson Palmer is going to be another year older. Uh, the Seahawks, I, I you know, I, I don't know what to think about them right now. I I'm not sure where they sit, whether they can pull everything. It really back comes together. down to if Russell Wilson can. Comp- like continue where he left off. The way he played at the end of the season was nearly untouchable, and I mean, and they needed that because their right. their unstoppable defense from two years right. ago was not the same. Right. For it whatever was still reason. pretty dominant, but it was you could it had holes that mm-hmm. didn't seem to exist mm-hmm. seasons earlier. And the Rams are going to be a grease fire just just because they <laughs> think they've had hey. to, had to move yeah. from St. Louis to L.A. and that, that's tell me gonna, that it might not be the most exciting hard knocks in years though. Oh no, you know, I'll, I'll definitely some shit's going to happen. I'd actually watch it. Right. That that is the uh, there's going to be some uptick to that uh, viewing. That, that, that is the of, caveat to that. Um, because even the Texans, my secondary team, when I don't yeah. have HBO, but I, right. I could watch it if I wanted to. Um, I didn't even watch that. Like I didn't. Right. I, I didn't have a lot of interest in that. Um, and then the year before that was the Falcons, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. No interest in that. Uh, the year before that was the Bengals, and the yeah. only I, I guess the only thing that was good about that was uh, that was the explosion of uh, uh, James um, James. Um, Harrison, Harrison, yeah, uh, flipping yeah. off the camera every I mean, every second, yeah, and Andy Dalton singing Christian hymns. <laughs> that that was the only decent part about that. So yeah, this time a, a team moving back into LA that that's pretty big, and it's pretty obvious why they picked the Rams for hard knocks. Would would there have been a, a better team to do it than them? No, no, probably not. Right, right. I I can't think of one. Maybe the Forty ers would have been interesting, but. But, you don't have to if you have a new head coach, right? So that and I, I only and say that because, because it's they, Chip Kelly. They've literally done nothing in the off season. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, a terrible team does nothing different. How do they expect a different result? Well, We're moving to a different city. Well, and that's just it. That's what I'm talking about. Like you're you're moving. So how how much more can you have on your plate? Like how much more? Of your team, are you trying to improve when you have to move halfway across the country? But I mean, and set up offices and and the whole bit. Yeah, LA is going to be a dumpster fire, but San Fran is going to be so fucking terrible again. Yeah, they are. You're right. Um, but does Chip Kelly fix any of that in year one? Sure. I mean, I believe it. Uh, what was their record last year? Yeah, I had to look at I, I, four wins. I'm, was it, is it, right? it wasn't much. No, yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, he's going to improve it to six. Seven, seven best. I mean, they'll be a losing club again, but mm. I would like to think. I mean, when Chip Kelly first came to Philly, he, he turned that team around. He made him a playoff team. But they had some other talent there too. It's not like it's not like they had nineteen guys retire. Yeah, you know. Uh, why doesn't their record show up on this? Let's see. Uh, week one, win. Week two, loss. Three, loss, loss, loss. So, 
One, two, three, four, so, uh, five uh, wins. Okay. Yeah. Five wins for the so Niners last I'll year. Give him, I'll give him six and ten, seven and nine. That's the best, though. Are the Rams better than that? Yeah. You think they're better than that? I think they are. Hmm. I like their defense. Right. But I don't know if they're better than that. Better than seven and nine or just better than the Niners? Better think- than the Niners. Because if if Matt's saying... I think they have a running back that's capable of three wins this year in St. Louis. Him alone. Yeah. Okay. But... Mm. I don't know. I, I, I did find it funny <laughs> that um, <laughs> there were reporters in St. Louis that immediately when uh, Jeff Fisher was in talks with with management and ownership with the now Los Angeles Rams for a contract extension. They're they're all saying, what the hell did he do to deserve even being talked to about that? Because he's done nothing in St. Louis. It's not all his fault. But I did find it funny, like, oh good, you can you can keep him. You can just keep to take your sorry ass to Los Angeles. We don't care because you're a terrible head coach. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, I mean, yeah, guys lose, but I don't. I'm not real sure that Jeff Fisher is a terrible head coach. Maybe he hasn't won a lot, but you know, I don't. I don't think he's a terrible head coach. I don't think he should be fired. You can only do so much with what you have. Yeah, I mean, he's he's gotten some pretty raw deals in St. Louis. He he made a lot of out of nothing in Tennessee for a lot of years. So. I did find that funny that because they were so bitter about the Rams leaving that they thought Jeff Fisher should just be fired just because. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ruben Randall signs with the Eagles. That's Saw interesting that. to me because how does that affect Odell Beckham? I think it affects him. Uh, Dwayne Harris did have some good games. <sighs> yeah, here's he, the thing. He's you not Dwayne Harris Randall. and Ruben Randall both on the field at some times. OBJ is going to get triple teamed, you know, whatever anyway. But you start taking away guys who were extremely productive. I mean, not not superstar level last year, but Ruben Randall was extremely productive last year for them. Eight touchdowns, I think. That's pretty good for guys. Wide receiver one. And. When Beckham was hurt, too. I mean, he was the guy, and now he's gone. I think that affects him a little bit because they have no running game still. Right. Um, and it remains to be seen what Bob McAdoo is going to be able to do there. Uh, you would have, you would suspect that a lot of the things that Coughlin was doing there will remain. But do you think all those offseason moves will pay dividends for that defense? I'm still not sure what the hell uh, Pierre Paul's going to give you. He has half a hand. <laughs> you know, I, it's hard to play football with half a hand. I mean, he's missing <laughs> He's missing a decent chunk. I'm, I'm sorry, I should be laughing. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's kind of funny. Like, really? He's going to get paid, you know, 10 figures to have a half a hand? Like, that. that's some serious talent. He's missing, from what I understand, he is missing a decent part of his index finger and a good portion of at least the upper part of his middle finger on that hand. 
and his thumb is is a little bit fucked too. So I mean, they went out, has you half get, a hand. You get Janoris Jenkins. You get oh, David absolutely. Harrison. You get some guys that on paper make the team significantly um, better. They they signed uh, Oliver Vernon or yep. Vernon Oliver. I never yeah. remember what Olivier the fuck. Olivier Vernon. Uh, Olivier Vernon. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah. And he, he's, a, gonna, he's yeah. a beast. Absolutely. Uh, I think they overpaid for him, but, um, <laughs> you know, he will help them. So, yeah, they had to do something about their defense. Their defense has been atrocious for three years yeah. now. But as long as you're not putting a ton of stock into, into JPP, I... Right. Maybe I'm overlooking that a little bit, or maybe I'm overthinking it. But you know, you're, a guy who you think is supposed to be your best defensive player has half a hand. Grab my strong hand, right? <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> and yeah, then guys would rather fall off the side of a building. I mean, than, it's like then grab it, grab the strong hand. It's not what the Giants were probably expecting <clears throat> when he said he'd be more explosive. We didn't mean literally. Oh, <laughs> you dog, you. <laughs> You dog. <laughs> it's all in the hips. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what else from NFL? That's about it, right? Yeah. About it. We're about a month away from the draft. So, mm-hmm. okay. All right. So, uh, how about some baseball? Let's do baseball. Let's do baseball. Um, I feel like this is the year, and maybe I'm a little jaded. I don't want, maybe jaded's not the right word for this, but feel like this is the year to really be watching young guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Because there are a lot of them, right? Not not just here in at, Milwaukee. At all the teams. It just seems like there's a big this big explosion, this big turnaround where you're going to start seeing the big names not in the lineups anymore as often. Maybe yeah. A big explosion of youth. People are like, well, I don't know half, half, half these guys are. Do you think that that has something to do with what the uh, the Cubs and the, the Astros have done? So now every team, I mean, not every team, but it seems like every team is really trying to do that now. Because you saw the Reds have a have a big fire sale. Um, they traded around Chapman. You know, they, they traded away most well, of the Well, they tried to get away pitching. from Chapman maybe because of his off-field stuff. True, they but I mean, even, from him. even last year before he was traded, they were talking about before all the, the off-field shit, right. uh, they were talking about trading him. Um, I don't know that the Jay Bruce trade ever officially went through with the Blue Jays, but you know they're they're trying to unload guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brewers, obviously, we all know what they're doing. Um, is it just because teams are are seeing that you have to start from scratch now, like truly build it all the way down to build it back up, rip th- it down to build it up? I think the Royals really gave awakening to a lot of people that like. The stereotypical, you needed big bats at first and third, and then your team will kind of figure itself out after that. When they had a bunch of young guys, or Baltimore especially, like nobody can name those nine men in their starting lineup, but they continue to win season in and season out. And it's really just because they they found pieces that work together very well. Young guys who are willing to learn systems, who are really learning what their coaches mentor to them and it pays dividends in the long run for them. Mm. So they don't necessarily, ha- you know, spend a lot of money to make sure everybody bats 300, but they have guys that, you know, can play situations very well. Um, they can play small ball, big ball, whatever they need to do. And it all started because they were, they had young guys or prospects in their system and they knew they were willing to work with these players. I think, I think it's a good model. 
at, at some point it's going to crash in someone's face. But as long as the Cubs keep squirting out, like the Cubs went from being irrelevant to World Series contenders in a season and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody was kind of expecting them to either be there in that capacity that they were in last year, mm-hmm. or at least start to show more this year. Right. The Astros last year, not one person expected them to do as well as they did. No, They expected them to do well within the next couple of years now, but no one saw that coming last year. They thought that all these guys were just young and they were still growing and no one cared if they didn't make right. the playoffs because they were still trying to figure it out. Then now, then all of a sudden they're making trades to to bring in starting pitching and uh, uh, Carlos Gomez and uh, they're in the playoffs and mm-hmm. you know whatever and it, great for them they didn't do much but great for them to have done it sooner than anybody thought they would but maybe that's why some of these other teams are trying to do it now because they realize that maybe it's not going to be five or six years maybe it'll only be two or three mm-hmm. and if they have the right guys in place. They'll be able to do it. Um, uh, you know, the Nationals are an interesting team because I think they'll be good again. But they just have this reputation of being like the Cubs 2.0. Like they're they're good during the regular season, and then something happens. Yeah, I mean, it really is a rush, and it's over. And there was a lot of infighting there at the end of the season with uh, with Papelbon being there, and the fucking guy is back. Like he's yeah. the one he's the one causing all the problems. Starting fights with with the best player in the face of the franchise in the dugout, before they're even in the dugout, ready to throw throw punches at each other, and the guy's back. He's going to be their closer this year. How how does that happen? And everybody's pointing at Matt Williams like you didn't do a good enough job because you didn't stop that. Matt Williams went fuck this. Right. I you I'm know not what? taking this crap from nobody. If these if these assholes want to fight with each other, that's go their fucking, ahead. That's their I'm out of here anyway. I don't give a fuck because I know they're going to fire me whether I tried to stop that fight or not. Mm-hmm. But like, so those big contract, you know, teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees who are just notorious for spending X amount of dollars in the offseason because they're playing for the the year now, obviously. Uh, but with the success of these other teams that you had just mentioned, does it make it seem more like? MLB is kind of getting closer to the NFL in the sense that in one year you could truly flip your team around. No longer is it let's get a couple guys, let's let's you know let's five years down leadership. the five years down the road, Ricky Weeks, Jeff Hardy, and Prince Fielder will be the future. Those three guys, as long as they stick together, five years down the road, we're going to be playoff contenders year in and year out. That model doesn't necessarily seem to stick around anymore. Well, or does it? it it dep- it still depends on the team because you saw that um who who's the outfielder for the twins Byron Buxton who's like the number one prospect through all of baseball and when they were getting close to their playoff run that no one saw coming in Minnesota last year either you know every they wanted to trade for a starting pitcher but every right. single team was asking about Byron Buxton mm-hmm. they're like no no before <laughs> You know, ten years, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, he that guy would have been shocked. fucking gone, yeah, gone immediately. But that doesn't happen anymore, um, generally, because I say that. But then my hometown team just basically fleeced the Astros into giving them five of their top prospects. Cool, thanks. 
Uh, one of them's going to be the right fielder this year, and he's going to play in 158 games. Yep. And the guy's a masher, and I love the guy, and he's going to fucking lead off. That's how bad this team is. But they got him. They got Brett Phillips. You know, they got they got a few guys that came over in that trade. So, yeah, it does still happen, so it depends on the situation. Um, the Yankees... Um, fucking one of their starting pitchers everybody was asking them you know when the yankees were maybe trying to trade for david price that came up before he was traded to the blue jays last year Mm -hmm. and they were asking for for that that young stud pitcher and i'm sorry i don't remember his name off the top of my head and they they told everybody to fuck off again 10 years ago 15 years ago gone in our feet gone gone instantaneously that guy would have been gone, but that does, that didn't happen this year. And what do the Yankees have? That guy and Greg Bird. <laughs> don't do that. The don't, bird. don't belittle Bird like that. The Bird is the word. <laughs> and Bird's not even going to play this year. He's hurt. He's done for the season. Yep. So they, they can count on A-Rod and Mark DeShera, who can hit just about as well as I can now <laughs> at this point in his career. And... Is uh that's that's about it. Is A Rod's final season going to be Colby like? Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Even though that guy is a chotch and a half. I mean, it's far enough out from his year long ban that now everybody just doesn't think of it anymore. No one cares. No one cares anymore. So yeah, it will be. He'll get a fucking sailboat from the from the Reds when the Yankees pass through Cincinnati or wherever the fuck they're going. You know, um, what movie was that? Um, Forget Paris. Do you guys remember Uh, that movie with Billy Crystal where he's the NBA ref? Yep. And there's a scene in there where um, Billy Crystal's character is depressed because he has to come back from Paris and he has to leave the chick behind and blah, blah, blah. That's a really good movie. But anyway, uh, he's depressed. He's pissed off. Um, he's in Dallas, but it's Kareem's farewell tour, and they show Kareem at center court with a microphone. And as they pan around the whole scene, there's there's a big fucking like catamaran behind him and a fucking uh, motorcycle and all this shit, right? That that they're giving him all these gifts, and Kareem is great, and everybody's cheering even though they're in Dallas, and you know, and um, Mickey is the name of the mm-hmm. character, and he's just standing there like fucking all dejected, like a fucking mope, right? Total mope, <laughs> like total derpy derp, just standing there, just staring off into the distance, and then you know the narration of of the friend is you know it was cream's farewell game but you know cream didn't make it through the entire game you know blah 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 mickey threw him out and then mickey had to be escorted out by the police because the people were going to kill him you know all that <laughs> sort of stuff so yeah when whenever i think of guys retiring like that like jeter did mm-hmm. um i i always think like they're going to show up and they're going to say the final, the final game, 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 game at Miller, Miller, Miller park, 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 park for Derek, Derek, Jeter, Jeter, Jeter. And then they're giving him a fucking Harley and all that. Like, dude, he, number one, he played for the fucking Yankees. Fuck him. <laughs> Why are you giving him all this shit? Number two, he, he probably made $300 billion during his career. You don't need to give him gifts. It's probably gone for free. You know, I know he's an ambassador of the game. He was always clean. Everyone loved him because he was such a great guy and so cute. 
But fuck him, man. Why does he need to get all that free shit? But yeah, it's going to be the exact same thing with A-Rod because he plays for the Yankees and there's Yankees fans everywhere. So he'll get the catamaran and the fucking motorcycle and you know, I hope it's a Harley so it fucking leaks. Right, and any any woman he wants to bang in every city that he ends up in this year, and he'll probably only play in like sixty three games, and he'll go out with his swan song, and everybody will love him again. DH, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's listed on the team as DH. I, t- yeah. I told you. Yeah. DH. Well, I mean, shit. What else can he do? He can't play third anymore. No. Uh, I, I don't he's think forty seven years old. Yeah. Um, how about Barry Bonds being the uh, the hitting coach for the Marlins? Uh, is that is that kind of funny? It or? is funny. Um, yeah, you, I, it's I, don't, a I mean, I doubt you. To me. Yeah, and I got a blip because obviously I follow the Marlins um, about how they had a home run competition and Barry Bonds actually did beat Stanton <laughs> in it. <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, Ooh, um, they that's had a little suck. A little practice where they did a home run competition. Do Barry, you think Barry that, Bonds hit more than he did? Do you think that John Carlo let him win? I mean, probably. I mean, it might be. I mean, fifty-one years old Barry Bonds is right now. It's the thing. Like I go back to. Mark. And of course, that's the story because everybody thinks that he's not on the roids anymore, but right. now he's still jacking him out right. of the park, just at will. Um, but it goes. They don't to test me no more. I ain't playing. McGuire. Again, <laughs> who was convicted? The whole nine yards went through the process. But Mark McGuire, he just the the roids obviously gave him the distance, but nevertheless, it didn't take away his ability to hit the ball. I mean, he still was... That's what I say all the time. You still have to have that fucking eye-hand coordination. So, like, in that regards, regardless whether you think Bonds is a turd or he's not a turd, he's, as far as that's concerned, he could still bring something to the table because he has a great knowledge of baseball. He knows what it takes to be a good player. Well, I, I think that my thing with that is it's not about what happened right. with him. And the only thing he was ever in trouble for was perjury right. in U.S. District Court in, yeah. in San Francisco. And he, he was never proven to, to have taken roids, even though his hat size increased four sizes. Yeah. Right. And he had Mickey Mouse hands, you know. And, yeah, you're right about the whole an, hand-eye coordination thing. I, I, I get that. Um, but I still maintain that if he hadn't been such a piece of shit to everybody that yeah. was around him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Including all every single one of his teammates with the exception of maybe Jeff Kent because those two were were bosom buddies. For whatever reason. guess what? They Jeff were, Kent is a fucking asshole, they too. They were definitely butt bodies, to say the least. Right. Um, uh, every one of his teammates, you know, after maybe the 2002 season when they went to the World Series, um, didn't like him. You know, Dusty Baker probably couldn't stand him after a while. Bruce Bochy probably couldn't stand him after a while. Um, all of the reporters in San Francisco, with the exception of maybe one or two of them, couldn't stand the fucking guy. The fans loved him. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. But everyone else around baseball hated him because he was a fucking asshole. It wasn't just about hitting 73 home runs and uh, passing Hank Aaron and all this shit. It, it, I maintain that if the guy would have been a little bit nicer to people, no one would have cared. No, not at all. No one would have cared, but he's uh, going to be vilified for the rest of his life because he's but a so judge. Th- th- maybe this is like, this re- I don't know, it's not a redemption story. It's far from it. Um, But maybe like, maybe he could just be in someone's good grace by like, oh, 
Bonds is really liked in the locker room or yeah. some like weird story like that. And, and like, maybe that's what it's about. You're right. right. Because to me, it's not about what happened. It's more about that he's putting himself into the public eye again. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it has nothing to do with, and well, he bo- shouldn't and have the gotten the job. is at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, it doesn't work out, no one's going to be missing Barry Bonds in the clubhouse. Oh, absolutely. But to me, it's not about, well, they shouldn't have given him the job because he's a cheater. That, oh, yeah. That's not what right. I'm no, saying. No, no. I'm saying it's funny to me because he's actually willing to be out there in the public yeah. eye. Again. Yeah, good point. I didn't even think of that. Good point. Um, and, and be asked all these questions again, even though he's in Miami and it's a, a world away from San Francisco. Right. Everybody's going to ask him about it. And maybe this is his way of getting back at it. Like, okay, fine. Go ahead and ask me. I'm going to give you the same answer. And then eventually yeah. they'll just stop. They'll right. just die. Because they did that to McGuire when he was the hitting coach in uh, in Los Angeles right. when he first had one of those jobs. And they, they asked him and asked him and nothing changed. And then finally and they, they went, let's talk about the Jets. Yeah. Finally, they just said, <laughs> let's okay. move on to another media market. Yeah, let's get over they're this. They're done. They, then they stopped asking him, asking him. So. Maybe maybe that's what what Bonds is, is trying to do because it's obvious that he wanted to be back in the game at yeah. some point somehow. But it, it's interesting that it's with the Marlins. You know why? Yeah, why isn't it sure. with the Giants? I don't know who the hitting coach for the Giants is right now, but why isn't it with the Giants? Who are a terribly offensive team? <laughs> could could have been interesting, right? Yeah. But it's not. It's with the Miami Marlins. But you know who really needs some hitting work? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but why? Why wasn't? Yeah. Um, right. right. Why wasn't uh, Mark McGuire the hitting coach in St. Louis at first, too? Mm-hmm. I mean, he is now, isn't he? Yeah. He yeah. Is now. Um, but why didn't he get that job right away? Why Why was he a Dodge? Why was Maybe he with the Dodgers? Maybe it's the team first? rejecting him. Yeah. Well, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, we're going to let that cool down for a little right, while. Don't talk to us in about five years. You know, I'm sure the Giants had enough of the circus Ugh. through 2007 and, and and whatever that they're they're just thinking, oh no, we can't do that. And again, I don't know who the Giants' hitting coach is, but you know, I'm not gonna just fire a guy to bring in Barry Bonds either. Right. So you have to take a job that's open, but. You know, Barry Bonds has been retired for a while now. They probably could have had a chance to be the hitting coach in San Francisco, and I'm sure they were just done with that circus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a few of the storylines happening there. Um, we know the bad baby is not going to opening day because he just started a new job. Day shifter. Day shifter. A true day shifter. Uh, but Matthew, you and I will be. Oh, for sure. Um. And this comes up every year. You, I hope you have your two outfits picked, because either it's going to snow yeah. and be ice, seventy-two degrees, or it's going to be seventy-two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we have that ready. Uh, I can't. Both believe. outfits have beads, regardless. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, sweet beads <laughs> and and uh, cholo sunglasses. Yes. That, that's all we need. <laughs> right. um, it it, it just never kills leaves me. the sunglasses behind. Oh, absolutely not. And although I will tell you, I still I think I still have a jacket of yours in my trunk. Oh, for from sure. f- almost four opening days ago now, <laughs> and there's you'll a pair of sunglasses in there. Guys. I think from last year too. So um, you'll get them back. I yeah. promise. I don't know when, but you will. Um, it's just coming up so fucking quick. Like right. Easter is this Sunday. Way early. Blows my mind. Way early. And that's like, it. I feel Baseball. like I have no time to get ready for this tailgate, uh, but I can't wait. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. As much as I 
I'm kind of done with the NBA season because the Bucks are fucking terrible. And for as much as I haven't followed college basketball or the NHL nearly as much as I wanted to this year, I am beyond ready for baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you folks, but uh, golf. I'm ready. Yeah, Got golf. My master's coming up. Yep. Yeah, well, what's the dates on those? The 7th through the 10th. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because I saw the commercial for that, saw the uh, the dates for it, and I thought to myself, I'm only working like one of those days, so I could mm-hmm. I could literally just veg and watch, watch some golf. Okay. Hey, good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Capitals beat the Senators last night. They lock up the number one seed in the NHL. Saw that. They're going to fade again, though, aren't they? It's in their DNA. I give them that. So I'm going to keep crossing my fingers and tell myself that this year is different. (laughs) But I will never forget the tweet that you sent out last season at the end of the playoffs when the the Caps were knocked out again. And... it was something to the effect of, that's it, I'm done. If they don't make major fucking changes, I'm out of here. You know, like that whole... You don't get to crap on my heart anymore, right. Washington. <laughs> exactly. That that whole fandom, yeah. <clears throat> just complete rant, I'm fucking finished with this thing. And here you are again, wearing your cap shirt, pissing on the uh, yeah. on the Penguins logo. Oh, God, I hate them. So, uh, did you see the news about the... Fight till you die. Kentucky Wildcats? Uh, that every player that's eligible every, is going to go to the draft. Yep, every Up single player, ass. every single one. Yep. Up your ass. Good for fucking them. Whatever. The, the NBA draft is such a joke. Anyway, I hope Capillary goes. This is why you come here, boys. Don't don't worry about the schooling. I'll give you money in the long run. Cause and he ain't fooling nobody. They get knocked out and don't even make it to the Sweet 16. Like, but he didn't give a shit. No, I know he, he doesn't fuck. care. But got you to the. I got you right. to the dance. <laughs> I mean, Calipari's going to have to start carrying at some point. You think? Yes. I mean, Kentucky's going to look down at him at some point. But yeah. But as far as him going, like... I mean, I know that he... Five-star recruit, five-star recruit, five-star right. recruit, five-star right. recruit. I'm sure that if he... If I know I have to go through Calipari to go to the NBA... That's what they're yeah. going to fucking do. There's going to be some school that hasn't had much luck lately. We'll look out Texas or some bullshit like mm-hmm. that, and they're like, hey, we're going to give you a lot of money. You do that with our program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Just yeah. come here. Yeah. Right. Well, and then you end up being Rick Patino and being salty when you get caught doing something wrong and then telling yeah. other people that it's wrong that you're not right. eligible for the tournament. I was really confused about that one. Don't really know how that works, Rick. <laughs> right. Because, you know, Rick Patino's had a lot of success, but now that that happened. Slick Rick. Yeah, total. Slick Willie Rick. Yep. That's what he is. So Kyle Perry might be the same thing eventually. Okay, well, that's it. We're going to have our uh, our Dynasty League competition committee this will be good and- quick meeting here um, so we can nail that shit out. So uh, my only suggestion to anybody listening to this show right now, if you're not in a Dynasty League and you play fantasy football, you need to get in a Dynasty League somewhere. And then let me know if you would choose running back or quarterback <laughs> first, because uh, both of them I have neither. <laughs> <laughs> if you got the first overall pick... And Matthew needs advice, And you it. need a running back or quarterback, which one seems more important to Matthew you? Matthew needs advice. 
Well, and that's another thing we need to discuss because you wait till the Elliot go- Ezekiel Elliott goes to the Giants, or you just bite it and go to golf if he goes to Philly. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's just it. Like, because the the draft, the, our regular free agent rookie draft is going to change a lot now. You're, yeah. you, I'm going to yeah, we'll, I'm going to we'll blow your mind right. with something when we get off the the recording here. But uh, all right, so enough about what people don't give a shit about, except for us. We're the Funnel Cake Gang, part of FCS Radio and FCSRadio.com. For Matthew Casista and the Bad Baby, I'm Chris Meineke. We need to get out of here and go talk to a man about a dog. Good night. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it.